Welcome in everyone to the Prep Ticket Podcast. This is for Thursday, September 22nd, 2016. I'm Joe McCann, and I am joined as always by the Wizard. Wizard, Warfasor. How are you guys doing? Hey, good to have you guys in again. Hey, we have a busy show today. We actually have two guests. We're going to bring in uh, Wiley East running back Eno Benjamin. He's right. a guy I know you've been a big fan of for a while, Ward. You've had him on your show a couple times. Exactly. He's been hogging up bobbleheads left and right because he's been MVP every year. He's going for a third one this year, so we'll see how he does. <laughs> going for that trifecta. And also a little later in the show, we're going to be joined by Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football. He's going to talk to us a little bit about some games down in San Antonio, particularly that big one between Judson and Steele. I know that's one. That's one everybody's looking for, man. Looking forward to. Steele hasn't even uh, hasn't won at home yet. They're 0-1 at home, so they're going to try to turn that around against Judson. And then a little later in the show, we're going to touch on a few recruiting notes before we get out of here as well. But Ward, we have a special guest on the show. Eno Benjamin, running back from Wiley East, joins us on the phone now. Hey, Eno. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man. Pre- happy to have you on the show. I'm going to start with some of the recent news. Uh, earlier this week, you received your uh, U.S. Army All-American jersey in a ceremony there at the school. Uh, what does that honor mean to you to officially be an All-American? Well, that just means that uh, I'm playing with the best of the best, and I'm able to compete with uh, those uh, of the other kids that are in my class who have top talent. And I also feel like this is a great way to uh, represent my country uh, in honor of those who fight for me. That's good. Hey, you know, being a Texas kid yourself and that game's played in San Antonio, have you been down to the Army Bowl before? Have you seen it in person or did you watch it on TV? Or how much do you know about the Army Bowl and the history? Yes, um, actually I was there uh, last last year for their game and I, I saw some of my close friends uh, being involved in it and I, I, I knew at that point I wanted to take place in something like that and I was glad that I got the chance and the opportunity uh, to do so. See, that may surprise Joe Eno, but that doesn't surprise me that you were at the game because maybe people in the, that listen to this podcast don't know, but anytime I'm shooting a game and you're not playing in the game, you're at the game. I hear you hollering my name left and right. What's it like being a, not only a, a, a true athlete here in Texas high school football, but you seem to have a really love for the game and, and you just want to be at games. I know you're supporting your friends, but you're all over the place. Does that mean something to you to be able to be at these games? Well, I mean, you- you can never go wrong with Texas football. I think Texas football is one of the greatest states to ever play football in. And so uh, every time I'm not uh, playing in the game, I figure, why not go watch the chance? Uh, you don't have too many chances like this. So just enjoy the, the enjoy the moment while it's here. That's perfect. That's perfect. And you, you've uh, verbally committed to, to Iowa, but – and that you committed there as a running back, but this year for Wiley East, they're putting you at quarterback as well. And I know I've been ribbing you a little bit about playing quarterback and running back and getting so many snaps, but you say it, it's really working out for you. Maybe explain a little bit how it's working out for you uh, being able to play quarterback. Well, yes, sir. I'm using it uh, to the best of my strengths. Uh, I feel like uh, being at quarterback, I could see the, uh, the field differently and uh, visualize uh, my reads and also uh, pick up some stuff that I could uh, use for running back in the near future. So I kind of looked at that from a positive outlook, and I'm glad that uh, this is happening to me my senior year. Did you play quarterback when you were younger, Eno, or is this something you're kind of maybe uh, kind of learning on the fly here uh, here in your senior year? Um, back in the day, I did a little bit of quarterback, but uh, primarily uh, I was always the running back. Guy. So I'm just going along as this uh, going. I feel like I have some great coaches who are coaching me up. Uh, day by day to get me better and get me where I need to be. Is this a deal where, as a running back, the first time I saw you was two years ago as a sophomore. You played McKinney North. 
Got your first of two bobbleheads in the DFW area for, for those that don't know what we have going on up here. But you ran for well over 200 as a sophomore against McKinney North. The following year, you did the same thing against McKinney North. Last week, you ran for 314 yards and six touchdowns uh, you know, against uh, Forney. What, when you start piling up the yardage like that, is this a, a zone-type situation? That people always talk about being in the zone. Do you feel like you're in the zone when you start breaking off 13, 14-yard runs every other play? Uh, yes, sir. Well, uh, after we played McKinney North, or actually before we played McKinney North both of those years, uh, we took a, a nasty loss to Denton Ryan. So we always had that taste in our mouth, um, as well as this year. And so coming out of that game, I feel like we have to make a statement. Um, it's always the first district game, and so you got to start off strong. And so that's what that does. Uh, we start with the run game, and we build on that. Hey, you know, for uh, fans of you, especially maybe fans who of Iowa who haven't maybe seen you play very much, uh, how would you describe yourself as a running back? Like, how would how would you describe your game? What type of a player are you? Well, I love running uh, up the middle, uh, size. I guess you would say my size. You would think I love running outside, but uh, I love running up the middle. Uh, I could also run outside if I if it's needed. Uh, I feel as I have good balance, some great vision, and I feel like if I need to lower my shoulder, I could do that as well. What do you uh, what do you think you're going to bring to the table when you get to the Big Ten? I mean, that's they got some formidable defenses out there. You look, how much are you looking forward to going up against some Big Ten defenses? Well, actually, I really look forward to that. Uh, I think Iowa has probably the best O line in the country, and so to get up and probably uh, possibly run behind them next year is also a great feeling. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about the Iowa commitment. You know, and uh, like what ultimately was it about Iowa that uh, led you to uh, verbally commit to them? I felt real comfortable in their system. Uh, uh, Iowa was my first offer, and so they were always on me. Um, and I felt like I could do great things. And uh, they have a stable coaching staff, so I know uh, during the course of my years that uh, Coach uh, Ferentz would be there. Yeah, Ferentz actually just got another extension. So I think it's, you know, I, that, that stability certainly means something to players because, you know, they say commit to the school, not to the coach. But obviously the coach, no matter where you go, is going to play a factor, right? You know, even though you say, well, I want to commit to the school. But you you definitely want to know who your coach is going to be, right? Yes, sir. I uh, like uh, People say, like you said, don't commit, to, don't commit to the coach, commit to the school. But uh, I really do feel like the coach plays an important role in that and, and so I kind of I came I kind of made my decision based on both of those, and I'm glad I made my decision. It was a solid decision as well. You guys have a tough district uh, this year. You've been put in with Mesquite Poteet, Highland Park, uh, you know, Lovejoy, the whole nine. What do you think you guys are going to do this year in the district? And what is your what is your goal? I mean, obviously a district title, but what do you think about the competition you got? Well, we have some great competition. Uh, for those of, uh, those people who keep up with us, they would know that. Uh, these past two years, uh, Mesquite Poteet has became our uh, rivals, as you would say. And so we got put out of the playoffs by them um, last year. And so this year they're in our district, and we're thinking to get revenge. And uh, also have some good teams as Lovejoy and Highland Park, who just came down from 6A. So we're excited about that. Excellent, excellent. And this year, this week we're running a story on uh... – on the Wiley East Greeters program. Maybe talk a little bit about that and how it gets you gets you kind of hyped for a game. The Wiley East, uh, what did you say? The Greeters program, when you greet the little uh, elementary school kids. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's a great way to give back to the students, you know, um, serving them, uh, waking up in the morning and just making their day, starting their day and getting them pumped. And uh, I feel like getting them pumped gets me pumped for their whole day and through the whole course of the day I knew that uh, – 
I made a small impact on someone's life. Yeah, you know, you know, you talk about things like that. I think that's one thing that makes Texas high school football great, no matter where you are, is the support from the community and the connection the team has to the community and all the fans that come out. What has that Wiley East community meant to you during your time there? Well, Wiley East uh, was kind of a brand new school by the time I got here, and so everything was always Wiley High, Wiley High, and so we kind of broke that off. And I feel like uh, we have some of the best uh, teachers as well as uh, fans and around this community. Well, you know, hey, man, we uh, appreciate you being a guest here on the uh, Prep Ticket Podcast. And, again, congratulations on being named a U.S. Army All-American. I know that's something you're looking forward to. And, hey, good luck the rest of the season because uh, I know you guys are trying to make a run in, the, in that district. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. And I know I'll see you at some games down the stretch. I always see you somewhere. Yes, sir. All right, Eno, appreciate it. Thank you. That was great to hear from Eno, who's our first uh, high school athlete guest on the show. And I thought he was great. And he's, again, he's a guy you're very familiar with. You've talked to him multiple times on your show. Exactly. He's very, very well-rounded guy. I know we mentioned it in the the interview segment with him, but it's always hilarious when I'm out there shooting playoff games and I, hey, where's Ward? Where's Ward? And I turn around, there's Eno. He's he's like, he's the visa man. He's everywhere you want to be. (laughs) That's good. Is that his official nickname? Is that something you're trying to start? should be. I like to call him E-E-S instead of Eno, but we'll see what (laughs) we call him. That's something you and David Watkins are working with him on. Great kid. Uh, I think Iowa's really got a good one with him. Um, I mean, I mean, they're going to need athletes like him if they want to keep up with the way Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh are recruiting in the Big right. Ten. And uh, D'Antonio, too, is Michigan State is great. I mean, I would you can make an argument right now. The Big Ten is right there with the SEC. They're I, ready. I, I mean, I, they I, could get two. If, as long as they keep the playoffs at four, they could get two in there. If they yeah. get up to eight, they can definitely get two in, <laughs> yeah, maybe three. Yeah, yeah, they could. I mean, they, they look really good. But uh, Iowa definitely has a good one in Eno Benjamin. But, hey, we're going to go back to the phones now for our second guest. We're going to bring in uh, Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's, Texas football. He's their Texas high school football insider. Hey, Matt, good to have you on the show again. What's up, boys? Appreciate y'all having me again. No problem. No problem. We want to try to touch, uh, trying to touch base on all of Texas, all of the state of Texas. We'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, what's going on down in San Antonio. I know they have a huge game this week, uh, Cibolo Steele against Judson. They both have one common opponent, which is uh, Lake, Lake Travis. Lake Travis beat Steele but lost to Judson. What's your uh, what's your thoughts on that game? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing in this game is going to be the the health of both quarterbacks. Um, both quarterbacks are dealing with injuries. Uh, Judson's quarterback, uh, Julon Williams, uh, didn't play last week in the Rockets' win over uh, New Braunfels. Um, Judson was just fine. They they put up a ton of points. Uh, Sincere McCormick, Mikael Jackson, running backs, uh, had a huge game. Um, their backup quarterback was uh, more than serviceable in the win. Uh, but obviously, um, having Williams in the fold really makes a difference for Judson. Right. And then you look at uh, Steele, their their quarterback, uh, Xavier Martin, the Texas Tech commit, who I got to see play uh, last week uh, in their win, or two weeks ago in their win over O'Connor, um, left the game against Smithson Valley early with an injury. Uh, his status, you know, Coach Lienhoff says he's fine, but what does that really mean? You know, it could be right. just coach speak there, not wanting to give Judson anything. You know, Martin has an injury history. Um, he didn't play in the state semifinal loss to Katie. So um, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, this game, although it's it's really big for bragging rights in the city, I mean, these are the two top teams in the San Antonio metro area. In, in essence, it's really, it, it doesn't mean a lot in the come playoff time because Steele's locked into the Division Two bracket, Judson's locked in Division One. So it's not really a matchup for seeding. 
Right. Uh, when I look at the game, you know, Steele, Steele's never lost to Judson in school history. You know, Judson has never beaten Steele, which is kind of weird to say because Judson for years and years and years was power in San Antonio. Um, I expect this to be a shootout. I think both teams, um, you know, they, they've got great offenses. Both of them have some question marks on defense. Steele a little bit more so than Judson. Judson's defense has actually been pretty good most of the year. Um, you know, at home, i got to go with Steele. Um, just because they've had Judson's number for so long, I just I, I, I hesitate to pick Judson until Judson can prove to me on the field they can beat Steele. Yeah, you said they've never beaten him. How many games is that, roughly? Uh, I think they've only played, I believe, six times. I think this is the seventh meeting. I got you. Okay. It's not a long history. Steel, Steel obviously, is a, a new, newer program, sure. I and mean, they've only been around. Yeah, for, I thought, yeah, I thought they were a little you know, newer, but, you know, it's one thing if they've played 50 yeah. times, and it's another if they've, they've played seven. But still, I mean, that's certainly something a team could bring into the game, a chip on their shoulders, say, hey, we can be the first team to finally beat these guys. Uh, you mentioned the bragging yeah. rights. Uh, you know, is this the – is you know is this a game that you're going to expect that the I mean obviously the community's going to get behind but maybe even the schools outside of these schools really pay a lot of attention like the their rival schools are that aren't playing this game or watching this game cuz you're looking at the two powers down there in San Antonio I mean I think there's definitely interest down there as far as the game goes I and mean, I don't think uh, you know San Antonio from what I've seen uh it's at least in the regular season for sure um, you know, you don't you you don't get a lot of neutral fans going to games. Everyone kind of goes to their games. You know, you get big crowds at their games, but you know, it's not like here where you know at Desoto Cedar Hill, you may get a ton of people from Lancaster or Mesquite showing up to watch the game just because they like football. Uh, San Antonio is very much more. You know, I'm going to go watch my team play, and that's it. I'm not. I don't care about anybody else. Uh, I'm going to watch my team, and that's kind of how it is until the playoffs. And in the playoffs, I think they kind of will rally around each other a little bit more. But I think. Uh, I think people will be watching from from a distance. Um, I mean, I think it'll be a big crowd. Uh, Lean Hall Stadium is not a huge venue, so I think it'll be a, a sold out event. Um, and I think the interest will be more from a distance as far as the neutral fan goes. Well, you speaking about the playoffs, I know we're only four weeks in, but uh, talk a little bit about some San Antonio teams that you might see uh, playing thirteen, fourteen weeks this year that uh, that that you predict to maybe maybe have a long playoff run. Uh, you know, in six A, I think it's 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 really going to depend on uh, what all, what it, it kind of. I think obviously Judson and Steele are, are clearly going to be uh, playing for a while. I think a lot of the rest of in six A. You know, I think I think the clear number three team in San Antonio is O'Connor, um, who I saw play last week, uh, two weeks ago, and played Steele tough for about three quarters. Um, they're locked in Division One. They're they're one of the biggest schools in their district, so. You know, I imagine O'Connor has a chance to probably go three deep, maybe four deep. But the issue really is, is what happens with Austin Westlake. Is Westlake going to be Division One or Division Two? I think that's going to factor in a lot to the lengthy runs that teams in San Antonio can have um, at the six A level. I think Smithson Valley is a solid team. They've lost the steal by seven. Um, they made the quarterfinals last year. You know, I think they've got a good shot to to play for a while. Um, but I think Steele and Judson are clearly the two elite teams as far as they have the best shot at winning a state title. What if you, you know, maybe... you look down at 5A. Sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead, Ward. No, no I, I, was, I was just going to ask kind of where you were going to say if you were going to go down to another, uh, another level, 5A, 4A down there, some other contenders, but that's where you were going anyway. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, you know, in 5A, I, I think uh, with Region 4 being the way it is right now with um, some Houston teams in, in Region 4 and 5A, I, I don't know how deep of a run any of the area teams in 5A can have. You know, San Antonio at the 5A level traditionally hasn't been that great. 
there's not a lot of depth there. You know, they have two really good teams in Alamo Heights and uh, Bernie Champion, but, you know, I think they're a level below the elite teams in Region 4 and 5A, which is, to me, uh, the, the top three teams are Angleton, um, Richmond Foster, and Corpus Christi Cal Allen. I mean, those are the three right. big dogs in that region, and I think they're a clear – there's a clear tier system there where those three are the, t- the, the best teams, and then Bernie Champion and Alamo Heights are kind of on that lower level. Um, you know, in 4A, I, th- I think in Division two, I think they've got a great shot at a team making a deep run. That's uh, Geronimo Navarro uh, right there outside of San Marcos. Uh, Coach Lesko's squad uh, running that slot T offense, um, putting up big yards, big points. They've been real dominant early, early in the season. Um, they lost to Cuero in the quarterfinals last year. And I think it's going to be between them and Cuero in a 4A Division Two for the uh, bragging rights down in Region Four. Yeah, those boys do put up some points down there. Talk about in some games to watch this week. I know you're going to be at the uh, Cedar Hill DeSoto game as so uh, as well as myself. What do you see out of that game? That's going to be a monster matchup. You know, it is. I I, I don't. I really don't have a good read on it, though. To be honest with you, I mean, you know, Cedar Hill's won the last two meetings, but. You know, I, I don't feel great about Cedar Hill, especially stopping the run. Um, right. They've got issues there, and until they get that fixed, um, they're going to be vulnerable to get beat by really good teams. You know, by good, you know, a team like DeSoto with that big offensive line um, has a chance to really control the tempo. And I think, uh, you know, Cedar Hill finally got their 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 running game going last uh, two weeks ago in their win over Mesquite Horn, um, which is good because you know if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run you're going to struggle and no matter how talented you are and Cedar Hill is extremely talented in the first two weeks of the season, they really struggled with doing both. They, they really haven't stopped the run all year and they didn't really get the running game going until uh, the horn game. So I'll be interested to see um, how Cedar Hill runs the football. Um, but I've definitely got concerns about them stopping the run, but I've got concerns about DeSoto as well. I'm not real sure just how good DeSoto is right now. I mean, they, you know, the Midland game was kind of an aberration, but then Midland turns around last week and almost loses to Keller. So right. um, I've got some concerns uh, with DeSoto, and, 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 you know, I think both teams have a little something to prove. This will be a, a good litmus test to see where they stand. If you, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably lean um, ever so slightly to Cedar Hill just because they're at home, and I think they're a little bit better on special teams as well. We would never put a gun to your head, Matt. Hey, what do we know Maybe about a it? knife to your throat, but <laughs> not a gun to your head? What do we know about Avery Davis? I know he's missed some time with his injury. Uh, how's he doing right now? Because you know that kind of changes Cedar Hills. Uh, obviously, they they did win a game without him. They've won without him, but um, uh, you know if they can get him back uh, uh, close to one hundred percent, obviously that changes things a little bit. Yeah, well, you know it's been tough to get information out. You know, Joe McGuire is pretty forthcoming with information, but you know no one's really been able to get a good read on, you know, I would imagine he's going to play this week and he's, he's, you know, had a week to rest. And I imagine um, he'll probably, he'll probably go now how healthy he's going to be is, is another question, but um, it's been pretty quiet in there. And I imagine that that, that kind of happens, you know, you get an injury and you're not really sure if he, he's going to play or not. You're going you're to keep it under your vest just to make the other team have to do a little extra leg work and prepare, pre- preparation for the week. So, um, but if I had to guess, I'd definitely say he's going to play. But it'll, I'll be watching closely to see just how uh, close to 100% he is. Well, finally, uh, we mentioned Judson Steele, Cedar Hill, DeSoto. Any other games that we need to keep an eye on throughout the state? You know, I, I, I mentioned Navarro, and they've, they've got a really interesting game um, against Class 2A Refurio. Um, you know, Refurio is the uh, consensus number one team in uh, Class 2A Division One, and they're stepping up to Class 4A 
to uh, to play Navarro. So I, I think that'll be a really interesting test to see kind of uh, you know where where Navarro stands and where Refurio stands if they're you know as the type of state title contender that we really think they are. Um, over in the big country, I think the uh, Albany Cisco game. Uh, really, will be a fun one as well. Those are two of the two of the preeminent small school programs out there in the Abilene area. Uh, they they haven't played as long as I can remember, so um, they're very similar teams. Uh, Cisco is just a little bit bigger school, so it'll be interesting to see uh, that matchup. You know, neither team's the most talented team on paper, but they they're they're really gritty, really tough, and that they find ways to win, and they're well coached. So um, that's really an interesting game for me at, at the smaller school level to see. Um, you know, if Albany, you know, as a two A Division two team can uh, knock off a bigger school in Cisco, who's a three A school, uh, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. And that Referio game, that that game could be in the forties, fifties, don't you think? You know, it could, but I mean, you know, Navarro with their type of offense, they if if they can, you know, if Referio's stopping the big plays, Navarro is very content with, you know, that those Trinity type drives, you know. Those 21 play drives where they just get about four yards every play and really kind of condense the game down. Uh, Navarro's been putting up points because their their offense has been hitting a lot of big plays, but um, they're very content to slow the game down as well. And and you know that might be their strategy because you really don't want to get into a shootout with Refurio because they that's one thing that they do very well down there to score a lot of points. Oh, it seems like it's going to be a lot to look forward to this week. Again, we highlighted some big games, and uh, we appreciate you checking in with us, Matt. Hey, uh, I know you're going to be out and about this week. Uh, where else are you going this week as far as games? When You said you're going to Cedar Hill, DeSoto. Yeah, Thursday night I'll be over at Mesquite Memorial for a really good 5A matchup between uh, Wiley East and Mesquite Poteet. Uh, then Friday I'll be at Cedar Hill, DeSoto. Then Saturday afternoon I'll be down in Ennis, uh, actually a game that I set up uh, between two, uh, two schools that got put in 16 districts. Uh, Del Valley out of the Austin area, Class 6A school in District 14 uh, 6A, uh, is coming up to the Metroplex to take on uh, the Ennis Lions on Saturday at 2 o'clock over in Ennis. It'll be a hot one for sure. Yeah, it definitely will be hot. Well, Matt, again, we appreciate it. And everyone check out Matt Step on Twitter. It's uh, Matt, it's Matt underscore Step 817, correct? That is correct. All right, man. We appreciate it, Matt. And hey, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, boys. Always good to hear from Matt Sepp. He said he's seeing Wiley East on Thursday night. That, of course, he'll be seeing Eno Benjamin, who exactly. we had early on in the show. So it all just kind of ties together. I know, and I'll be following him around, it looks like, because I'll be at both of those games as well. So me and Matt, will maybe we can carpool. I see why you guys are such great friends. Real good buddies. <laughs> yeah, real good buddies. All right, so, mo- all right, so moving on to some uh, a few recruiting notes from the past week. There's not a whole lot uh, recruiting-wise, but just a few minor notes. TCU got its eighth commit for the 2017 class. They got a three-star safety uh, Garrett Wallow, he's a 6'3", tall kid, 6'3", 200-pound safety out of John Curtis. That's the private school powerhouse in Louisiana right. down in the uh, New Orleans area. Uh, they've had a lot of talented kids. Uh, Joe McKnight was probably like the biggest kid they've right. had. But that, that is a talented kid and a three-star kid that um, uh, that TCU got. So, again, that's their eighth commit. And TC, uh, Texas Tech added a JUCO commit. Uh, running back Tyree Range, he's uh, – from Rancho Bernardino, California. That's 13 commits for Texas Tech now. So their class is starting to fill up. Again, the class typically is around 20-ish right. players, depending on how many scholarships get available. So Texas Tech filling up pretty And good. Range could make a name for himself because that's not a, really a place where running backs go to flourish. So if he, he gets a chance to flourish and find a way to get to rock a lot, maybe he can make a name for himself. You know, that's something t- uh, Charles Davis said on the show a few weeks ago when we had him on, uh, that these spread offenses uh, – you shouldn't overlook the running backs in them. And it's like the, the spread offenses that really score a ton of points always have a workhorse running right. back. 
you know, uh, he's you mentioned like Baylor last year. You know, they 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 have they in the games that they've had the most points, they've had a workhorse running back. TCU had a workhorse running back that they were that able is to go true. to last year. So, so if he can plenty, f- find his way into playing that role, then he can make a name for himself. You know, we talk a lot of football on the show, but I did see a basketball note a little late on this because it was a week or so ago, but. Uh, Guy we're familiar with here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, Trevin Duvall, who's one of the best basketball players in yep. the 2017 class. He's headed to IMG Academy for next year. Of course, he was at uh, Advanced Prep right. International. I believe that that school is almost defunct by now. Yeah. They they certainly have lost all their players. Yeah, so he's uh, looking for a new home. So that he's not going to be in the state of Texas anymore. He's actually he's moved around. He's from New Jersey, I think originally. Yeah, he's he was, from the Northeast. He he came down here and he really flourished down here. But obviously. Great player. He's fun to watch. He was fun to watch. So he's going to head over to IMG. Yeah, IMG, of course, is probably best known for its football, football right, right now because obviously they came here. They played DeSoto last year. We actually talked about IMG with Charles Davis a couple weeks ago too. But right. um, powerhouse football program. Uh, but uh, I mean, they. I mean, they're trying to build all their programs as you know, kind of where their football program is, and they're so this is like their first really huge basketball player right so i mean they've had they've had a few guys that have gone to division one and stuff over the years but i mean i mean this is like an all this could be img academy's first all-american in basketball. Be, yeah, absolutely he's a hell of a player yep and then we you met we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, a bunch of guys were going up to that oklahoma state uh, or excuse me oklahoma ohio state game in norman yeah, and when, uh, they when, got they had to sit out a quite a rainstorm up there, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they were sitting out there forever as the rains come poured through in Norman. And what did we say on the show last week? Advice to Oklahoma: just don't get blown out. Yeah, they and, got blown out. <laughs> they kind of got beat up a little bit. They got blown out. Uh, and lightning struck it, and yeah, the cow. <laughs> so, but I mean, the, but by all indications, the kids still had a good visit up there at OU. Uh, some people were floating some rumors around there that uh, Okuda though was really now heavily leaning towards Ohio State. Um, but no, I don't think a commitment is imminent from him. I still think he's going to take visits. And uh, Marvin Wilson, while he hasn't officially updated his list, someone asked him after the game. I think it was twenty four seven Sports. They you know said, does it change your opinion of Ohio State a little bit watching this game? He said absolutely. Right. So that's something that, you know. Again, I touched on last week. Even though a kid may have a quote unquote final five or a final six, doesn't mean somebody can't come in late and swoop them in. Yeah. I mean that's what guys like Urban Meyer and Nick Saban. And all these guys who are always like one of the last ones standing in the playoff. That's what they do so well is right. at the end of the season, hey, uh, we just got another ring. Right you, you, right. you want to come on board? And I mean, they can make a late push. You never know what's going to turn a kid either. You never know what a, a kid is looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, people always talk about first impressions meaning everything. You go up there, you've. T- you sit through, you know, the hour rain, hour and a half rain delay, and then and then the Oklahoma gets gets blown out. I mean, who knows if that if that sours you on it, if that's the lasting image in your head. But but it, we'll see which way these guys go. They're both top athletes, and yeah, you know one thing. I, uh, I'm not necessarily making a bold prediction, but just something to keep an eye on is uh, seems like some guys, particularly Marvin Wilson, I'm just kind of what I gather from them from Twitter and uh, Dylan Moses, who's a linebacker at IMG Academy. I think they do have at least a mild interest in Houston. And okay. if, if, if Houston gets into the Big 12, I think Houston could make a serious late push for some big-time guys. Because I, obviously I think guys like, say, Wilson and Moses, who are five-star kids, All-Americans, probably they would shy away from Houston for now for two right. reasons. One, not, a big, not in a big conference. Right. And two, they don't want to commit to Tom Herman only to have Tom Herman leave right. for a big Head job. Out. But if Houston is a Big 12 school – I think Herman both of those around. both of those concerns are alleviated because right. first you're in a big conference at least and you know Big Twelve one of the Power Fives and then like we were talking about with I think Damon Sales a couple weeks ago if Houston were a Big Twelve school 
I don't think Herman would necessarily be itching to leave anywhere. Right. I think he could look at much as T, uh, Gary Patterson has at TCU. Now we're in the Big 12. I have a fertile recruiting ground. I'm really not – He. I don't think he would be itching to go anywhere as right. Patterson has. It. Patterson has stuck around at TCU. And he could really tackle that, that Houston market mm-hmm. where basically if, if you're down there and you don't want to play in Conference USA, you're, you're looking over at Texas and all these other places, but – you know, you get Herman to stay, and and you're in a big conference. You're exactly right. Yeah, that's, mean, that's where that's a heck of a lot more appealing. Yeah, people said uh, Tom Herman wouldn't even need a plane to do his recruiting. Yeah, he just go. basically just need to drive everywhere, and he could still have great classes. I think he has a pretty nice class right now. Right. But uh, I I think to get to that next level recruiting wise, uh, Houston needs to be in the Big Twelve or Absolutely. some kind of major conference. So I think that's something to keep an eye on over as we get closer to signing day. I don't know if any kind of Big Twelve movement is imminent. But if Houston does become a Big 12 school, let's say it did happen this this fall, right. right? Houston probably wouldn't be in the Big 12 in 2017. They'd probably be starting 2018. But still, that's when these current fo- kids would right. be sophomores. So it's not like they, they can't be one-dones like basketball players. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Just if, if Houston becomes a Big 12 school, watch, the hu- I think, a huge late boost in recruiting. Big, Tom Herman. I, I completely agree with you on that one. That's one thing you and me stuck We've together We've always with. stuck together on that one, Joe. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get out of here, uh, the big news for our podcast this week, we are now officially on iTunes. There so you, you can check out Prep Ticket on iTunes. We'll tweet the link on the Prep Ticket Twitter handle so you can go directly to it. You can go there. You can uh, comment. You can review. Please be kind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can give us, uh, give us a rating. And, of course, subscribe. So then it will automatically start downloading to us. Uh, so we're happy to be out on iTunes, and hopefully we can – uh, continue to grow this podcast as the weeks and months go by. Absolutely, subscribe to us, and and maybe Joe can't take the negative feedback, but just get, lay it on me. I can take it all. <laughs> we can take it. We can take all your <laughs> positive and negative feedback. But again, please be nice. Hey, as always, uh, we welcome your feedback. Uh, you can now you can leave it on iTunes, but of course you can tweet it at us at Prep Ticket or me individually. I'm Joe McCann three. I'm the Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> and we do want to thank both of our guests for coming on the show today, Eno Benjamin over at Wiley East and Matt Stepp at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Loaded show today. It was good to have them both. Yeah, it was good to hear from uh, local athletes and, of course, our man Matt. Let us know what's going on in San Antonio area. So hopefully I have much more of that in the future. That's it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>